Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 162, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or for listening us on the replay in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk... We talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, news, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. Usually. Um, yep. And I got to turn on RTX voice because my wife's going to start the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which I will get that rolling here in just a second. Uh, broadcast. There we go. Uh, let's see. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 162. <laughs> your once week live show, the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. He's Steve. Thank yeah. you for joining us on the show or listening to the replay wherever your podcasts are found or over on Anchor.fm. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, news, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. Uh, gosh, I've completely lost the plot. <laughs> and, and, and and clothes washing, I guess. Yeah, and something about clothes washing and, and, and RTX voice. Yeah. Uh, all super chats are read on the air. Uh, we do drink alcohol in the show. If you're drinking along with us, please give, let us know what it is down in chat. We'll give some early show shout outs. This is a family friendly show as much as we can make it that. Uh, and we do read super chats so long as they meet our family friendly criteria. Uh, discord. Yeah, that's right. There it that's is. Right. Discord. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. Always come on to discord. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna stop the stream and start it again and see if that'll work. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna fake a failure, like, oh, I lost connection. Oh no, YouTube! Ah, that was really just a fevered dream. Yep. No. Well, I'm having problems. The oh, well, that's normal. everything else is going fine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. I think that's good enough. Uh, join join the Patreon or the float plane down below. Get access to the Discord. Join the community and uh, listen to me even more brain loose than am now. Why why lot words when few words make sense? Yes, uh, cavemen were just more efficient at communicating. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a good one tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I can already tell. It's going to be delicious. Uh how you doing, Steve? Uh not bad. Tired, but good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were both talking before the show how tired we were, and sometimes that goes one of two directions with me. I think we're going direction number two with me tonight, yeah. where it's just like brain hurdy. <laughs> brain <laughs> I go sleep now, please. Like yeah, like all of a sudden I'm talking with with toddler dialect. You need that. You need that uh, movie record scratch sound effect. That every time. So every time you make a mistake, you can just hit that button. Right. Yep. Uh, we might even need a, a dump button tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It has been a long time since I've actually seen you on camera. Uh, I was, yeah. at, it's been six weeks because we yeah, had it's Thanksgiving been a while, yeah, in between we had... there. There was a guest host in between as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. Uh, hasn't changed much. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. Just like most people. Yep. I, I've Not been as much here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing else going on. Yep. So, 
All right. Hoping it's a good show tonight. I know I'm, I'm really selling this one for you guys, but uh, we do have a lot of good things to talk about. A couple of really, really funny, a uh, couple of exploits that, number one, I never saw coming, and number two, boy, I probably should have seen it coming, and I probably could have guessed the company, too, had you uh, given me some preamble to that. Uh, but let's start the show off right. Uh, I don't have mm -hmm. my beer in front of me. I need to get that out of the fridge. So, Steve, why don't you right. uh, tell the audience what you're having? All right. So, let's see. First beer I have is uh, from Stormbreaker Brewing. It's the triple IPA. It's just called, I, I think it's either triple IPA or is it's triple, triple double IPA with a rip. I don't, I don't know why they have that. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's got 10 different hops in there. So I thought that was interesting. 10 different hops. So we'll see if, if uh, too many hops spoil the broth or what, but you know, Rogue does, you know, there's six hops, seven hop, 10 hop, 11, yeah. 12. Um, yeah. And there's some hits and misses in between there. Like the six yes. is really good. The seven is yes. not. And the 10 is yes. amazing. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's all about the combo that they put in there. Uh, right. And sometimes the right amount, even the great, great number of them, if all the flavors blend well together, that's going to be a good IPA. Yeah. But we'll see. Stormbreaker, I've had a few of their beers before. They're kind of hit and miss for me. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I have a good old classic German Wessenstaffener, Wessenstaffener, the Vetus. <laughs> Very good German beer. Weizenstaffener? Uh, Weizenstaffener, yeah, that's Weizenstaffener, that's I right. I think. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and then I have the Sestle Saison, which is the bourbon barrel age Sestle Saison. Nice. Um, pretty, pretty beefy, 10%. You know, bourbon I, barrel aged saison. I don't know that I've ever had a bourbon barrel saison. I, I don't I have, that I have. That's that's why I picked. There's there was like a series of three. Yeah. And I picked them up because I don't see barrel aged saisons that much. Right. They had the bourbon. They had the uh, uh, champagne. They had the, the white wine, red wine, and bourbon barrel aged. I think it was what it was. Yeah. Nice. So I got all three. Yeah. And uh, this is the bourbon version. So. Very cool. Uh, for my selections tonight, uh, I went, there is a theme here and the theme is barrel aged because both of the beers are barrel aged, but they are two wildly different styles. Uh, first up from Crooked Stave uh, Artisan Beer Project, it's uh, uh, Lebrette Al Blueberry. Uh, oh. It is a golden sour ale aged in uh, barrels with blueberries. Okay. So, so that well, this one's aged in oak, so not necessarily bourbon barrel aged, but it is a barrel aged golden mm -hmm. sour. Uh, okay. So that one should be interesting. Mm -hmm. And then from uh, super fan of the show, Andrew, uh, he sent this in a couple of weeks ago. I opened it up, and uh, today I'm finally cracking the top on one. This is from Zipline Brewing, uh, just called the Stout. <laughs> now the Stout is is an ale aged in bourbon barrels. And it's thirteen point eight percent. Wow. <laughs> is that is that a twelve ounce bottle or this is a twelve? Is it... Yeah, it's a okay. twelve ounce right. bottle. I was gonna say. Yeah. That would be hard to get through a twenty two uh at that, that that big. Thirteen percent, you said? Uh thirteen eight. Oof. Yeah, yeah, if that was a twenty two Yeah. Yeah. Um, falling asleep pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I I've done some twelves. I've done some full bombers of twelves before, mm. but even even this couple of, of extra percent, it, it adds up quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I think I think my highest was that the Saison, which was a ten percent. Yeah. The the Vetus, I think, is only seven point seven. Yep. So th- so this week I'm drinking the Stout. They also have another version. The name is escaping me right now, but it's a it's a special version of the Stout, and I have that bottle in the fridge as well. It is uh, bourbon barrel aged with vanilla, cocoa, and habanero added. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. I think I'm saving that one for next week. I think that's my Christmas beer. It's called the (laughs) Spicy Stout. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So uh, I'm going to start with the sour. We'll let that stout warm up on the table here for a little bit. And I think we can dive into this show. Uh, Yeah. Let's see. Who's all drinking in the chat with us? Uh, See, we have somebody's got an Nkasi Hazy Domination IPA. Uh, Uh, Budney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have By the way, welcome the, okay, to the so, uh, to the the Discord. Yes, I, I see you in chat all the time, and I saw you join this week, so thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Samuel Smith Obery Organic Chocolate Stout. I've had that before. That's very good. It's a nice, super chocolatey uh, stout. Nice. Um, uh, let's see, Novella Hubs drinking a Spinal Brewery Hard Left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think. Uh, let's see. Hello from New Zealand. My wife works at a brewery and was wondering if you've ever tried a beer brewed in a wine barrel. Uh, I don't know about brewed in a wild barrel, but aged in wine barrel. Yes, aged, several yes. times. Yeah, um, aged in wine barrels. Yeah, I in fact, I think I have one in my fridge right now that was aged in port barrels. Um, yes, I've and, had uh, I've had port barrels, red wine barrels, mm-hmm. uh, white wine barrels, um, all different kinds of, of wines. Yeah, I've had several yeah. that were, were aged it's, in wine barrels. It's not near as common, especially here in the States, uh, as we do a lot of bourbon barrel or just straight yeah. up oak aging. Uh, but it is popular overseas to, to do a lot yeah. more wine aging uh, yeah. with beers. So, And they're not bad. I've, I've had several that were actually pretty good wine barrel aged. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Skull says uh, Jeff and Steve making it hard to get the uh, the beer names out there this week. We, I gave what the name was. It's Crooked Stave <laughs> La yeah. Bretel Blueberry. I, I did say I couldn't. Okay. It's just the weird <laughs> okay, font. You're on making this IPA. it difficult. <laughs> I am making it difficult. I will agree. Stormbreaker Triple Double Imperial IPA is what it's called. Triple Double. I. It, the font is so weird and the coloring is so weird. It was, it was kind of hard to read. Yeah. And then the Cestelaison Saison. C-E-S-T-L-A Saison. The bourbon barrel age version. All right. Uh... I don't know which one. I'm going to do my IPA first, I think. Always a good way to start. Yeah. So uh, that golden ale is all blueberry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> All right. Oh, and that is all sour. Oh, uh, is it? Is it kind of like a super tart sour? Is it going to be one of those that's going to um, be hard to get through? It's not quite kettle sour. Um, okay, that's good because I don't like kettle sours. It is super tart. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it's definitely tart. <laughs> yeah. Ever since ever since jammy sours started to become more popular, it's it's. Going back to the the traditional super sours, yeah, kind of kind of hard for me now, I guess, because yeah. I'm expecting that that just I just want a little bit of extra sweetness to it. Right. I kind of resent the old traditional sours. I still like them. Yeah, but I kind of resent them a little bit. So far, 
all I'm getting out of this is sour. Sour, no blueberries. No blueberry, no yeah. oak, no no yeah. golden ale. It's just sour. <laughs> doing doing a sour beer right is is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Cascade does an excellent job at doing sours right. Degard does an excellent job of doing sours right. Yeah, Degard especially. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just a little too. I'm gonna think about this one. <laughs> the, the overly tart ones, they just they tend to dry my mouth out so badly. Yeah. I just I like I don't want to drink it anymore. Sometimes. Let's just say I'm really looking forward to the stout now. But. Hmm. Okay, this one I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the hop profile is very good. Not overly bitter. Um, there's a good sweet malt body to this kind of thick viscous mm-hmm. sweet um this the citrus notes kind of come forward right up front but in the back it's kind of a nice sweet mellow flavor yeah i like this this is really good nice uh cranberry tart looks more cranberry than blueberry no um i like cranberry juice i love straight up cranberry juice like i i like tart um and in fact Cranberry juice is like my number one go-to here in the studio when I'm working. Mm. It's it, it's either water or cranberry juice m- most of the time. Yeah. Um. And uh, boy, this is not cranberry. It is it is all blueberry <laughs> as far as like the the sourness of of blueberries. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But I'm not getting any of the sweetness of blueberries. I'm not getting any of the 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 golden strong ale kind of flavor poking through. I'm right. not getting hops. I'm not getting malt. It's just, just all sour. It's the sour part of sour worms. Yeah. Is the best way I can describe it. Like it's it's the sour without the sweet payoff at the end. I, I do want to try because I saw and I think somebody mentioned it in the chat that there's a Warheads sour beer. Like mm-hmm. the Warheads candy, the sour mm-hmm. candies. I want to try that. I'd like to try that, but I don't think they have it around in this area. I'd have to have it uh shipped out to me or something like that. Yeah. John John found that um Transformer beer with Optimus Prime and and Rodimus Prime. Yeah, those are both sours too. Yeah, so we'll see how that is. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this week's stories. Starting with one of the most creative uh, hardware exploits I have ever seen in my life. And I don't know if you read all the way to the bottom where they listed more of the hardware exploits I, I that this did. lab has come yes. out with. And I've actually read a few of them before. I've read, like, oh, I read this a couple is... of them. Yeah, I was like, oh, these are the guys. Right. Like, these are the same guys. Right. Because I was reading it, I'm like, oh, I remember this one real clever exploit that I can't remember the name of who did it and so right. on and so forth. I, I remember and I get the, to the bottom, I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember the hard drive activity light one. I've heard yes, of that, that one that was before. the one I heard one, yes. And, and there were a heard, couple yeah. others, but this just goes beyond creative. So... Um, the title of this is, uh, it's on ZDNet, uh, Academics Turn RAM into Wi-Fi Cards to Steal Data from Air-Gapped Systems. Yep. Now, first let's get into what an air-gapped system is. An air-gapped mm-hmm. system is a closed uh, proprietary network that has no exfiltration. It, it is yep. a 100% bubble network with nothing leading to another network. There's no internet connection. There's no extra servers added. There's... It, it's your internal server stack and your internal workstations and nodes, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and no possibility of bridging anything else. Uh, there's not a machine on there that has internet access or even monitors any other network. Everything is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is that important? Well, an air-gapped system, you can't exactly 
get malware onto and then exfiltrate data from it because they have nowhere to send that data. Exactly. So what uh, what this lab has, uh, it's a it's a lab in Israel. It's a, it's an app, it's a university in Israel, um, has come up with is if they can tune the DDR memory sticks on a PC to the 2.4 gigahertz range, uh, they can actually turn it into a rudimentary Wi-Fi card and pass data at up to 100 bits per second. Yes. <laughs> uh, to a waiting cell phone up to about two to three meters away. Yep. So it's not a huge transmission range. No. But it's still defeating the air gap, which yep. is absolutely insane. <laughs> yep. It's defeating the air. Now, there's to make the RAM change frequencies like that. Mm-hmm. There, there is has there there does have to be. Uh, they don't say how it's done, mm-hmm. but they do say something the exploit has to be put on that machine first yes uh but they said it's fairly easy to do because it doesn't require root or admin or anything like that to Mm -hmm. get it on there so um i'm not too sure what that is but (laughs) right time to wrap everything in aluminum foil right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah you're not wrong and actually uh wrinkled aluminum foil not smooth Yeah, <laughs> you got to bounce those beams. You got to bounce those beams everywhere. Yep, that's why you, that's why you crinkle up the tinfoil before you make a hat out of it. Yep, that bounces the alien control mind beams off into random directions. Right. Uh, so, like I said, as far as cleverness of hacks go, this one is near tops of the list uh, that I've ever heard of, um, especially for for an exploit to get data off of a network. Um, yeah. Uh, I've I've heard of you know server admin hacks of uh, this server in a remote warehouse uh, will lock up from time to time and you need to do a physical you know power reset to it. So what's the best way to do that? Well, you take one of your old decommissioned servers that's running just a basic version of Linux and uh, and has a network connection on it, and it has a script that you can automate from wherever you're at and a pencil attached to the CD drive. And, <laughs> and and so the server will eject the CD drive and press and hold the power button and then retract and it will physically restart the server. <laughs> like like there's some great stuff out there like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, nothing nothing that I've heard of that that comes close to this. Now, I alluded to there's also a list down below of all of their other yeah. exploits, and I wanted to get into some of those. Yeah, some of these look pretty interesting too because um, they're <laughs> they sound amazing. Some some of them I I I don't even know how that would even work. Right. Um like there was one where they use the uh uh what was it? The GPU fan. Use a, you, no, use a security camera's infrared capabilities to steal data from aircraft networks. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure how they do that. How does how does the infrared give them data? That I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, cause I didn't click on, on many of the links. I clicked on a couple of them. I didn't, I did Yeah. I just, I was just read the short descriptions and I'm like, I'll have to go back and read on that because that seems pretty interesting. So anyway, the, the name of this, uh, this exploit has been dubbed AirFi, uh, and they have a whole host of exploits that they've come out with previously. Uh, there's one such as, uh, let it go, which mm-hmm. I thought was very clever, uh, which as I alluded to is stealing data via a hard drive activity LED. 
Yep. So pulsing it so much and then being able to read that either off of a camera or um, or generating a Wi-Fi signal off of it. Yep. Um, there's AirHopper, which is actually very similar to the AirGap or the AirFi uh, exploit, which actually tunes a GPU frequency up to the 2.4 gigahertz range to allow it to emit radio frequencies that are compatible with Wi-Fi and a waiting mobile phone can, uh, can you know, read that interference. Um, basically what these guys do is break all FCC guidelines in the name of exfiltrating data from air gapped systems. <laughs> yep. Like that movie sneakers. Right. Yeah. Um, use the HVAC control or use the HVAC systems to control malware on an air gapped network. I've heard of that one. Um, let's see. And then there was one other that I wanted to, oh yeah. Steal data from air gap systems using keyboard LEDs. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah, you just have lights flash, and if you can get a camera or something like that to, to record the flashing lights, you can mm -hmm. use those flashings to decode whatever data you want it to be. Data, mm -hmm. whatever. Yep. So very, very interesting stuff. And uh, like I said, near the tops of my, like, that's cool <laughs> as far yeah. as as far as white hat, black hat kind of stuff goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as actual black hat and as far as other real world exploits, and this one was actually uh, carried out. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> boy, if you haven't heard of solar winds, you've never you've never worked in IT long or you yeah. haven't worked in IT long, I should say. Uh, solar winds is a is an IT management cloud provider, essentially, or, or services provider. Uh, they have a number of different fields that they try to work in uh, from Wi-Fi mapping to uh, asset tracking, uh, code, code version change, you know, or, or change, yep. change versions for, for coding and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, they try to be a one-stop shop for IT and asset related stuff uh, to help run your business. Um they are probably most well known for their cold calls, emails, slash spam that they send out. But they do have 300,000 clients around the world. Uh, some of them you may have heard of. Uh, Microsoft, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, even government agencies use it too. Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of government agencies use SolarWind uh, here in the States. Um, well... They found out this week uh, they should probably take me up on my advice to use a password manager yeah. <laughs> and uh, and not use very simple passwords, especially when your password to your entire company-wide update server is the name of your company plus one, two, three. SolarWinds123. SolarWinds123. <laughs> Amazing. Was, was That's the, the combination of my luggage. <laughs> was the root password for SolarWinds' entire update service. And yep. not only was SolarWinds123 the password used by their update service, they were told in 2009 that an IT firm and security re researcher had reached out to them and said, you guys need to change this crap because it is going to burn you. Yeah. And lo and behold, 18 months later. Burned. <laughs> uh, hackers got access to their update packages uh, and used SolarWinds update service to send out malicious packages to 18,000 of their 300,000 clients. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> big, big mistake. <laughs> yes. I know. Being an IT professional and then saying SolarWinds123 as your password and not a password that expires either. Right. But I guess like most places, this different companies I've, I've, you know, worked with and stuff like that, almost all of them have a password expiration mm-hmm. within a couple of months. Right. Um, SolarWinds doesn't have that, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Maybe it was a service account. I have no idea. Yeah. And the password didn't expire, but people used it to log in, I guess. Yeah. Um, for, I, I have two minds about password security. Um, mm-hmm. As far as admin, root, or even high-end service level credentials, mm-hmm. those need to be on a rotation basis. Um, yeah. They, they um, and, but as far as your everyday Joe who walks into the office and he has access to his files and global shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care because especially Carolyn accounting, if I make her change her password every 90 days, all she's going to do is put a one and then a two and then a three at the end of her, her, right. her dog's name, you yeah. know, fluffy seven is this password of this month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it doesn't do any good and you're not really protecting anything. And all you're doing is creating more of a hassle. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there are reasons to protect low-level systems and, and you know prevent any access and any intrusion from the network because any data breach is a data breach. But just have a good password policy in the first place and and make it so the password can't be fluffy seven. Make it so it has to be you know, 12, 13 characters long. Yeah. Uh, and you know, at a minimum, and yeah, eventually you get to fluffy one, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I'm of two minds about password security in general. As far as like, you need to focus on why you need account, you know, certain passwords to expire, and why sometimes it's not a good idea to have that. Right. Um, but in the case of the root password to your backup servers or to your your update servers being super simple (laughs) yeah that should probably be on rotation (laughs) yeah that one definitely should be and it shouldn't have been solar winds it shouldn't have been solar winds one two three it certainly should have been longer than the 12 characters that it is or whatever long you know five uh solar winds so that's five ten thirteen characters characters, pretty close for estimating uh it should have been longer than 13 characters it shouldn't have been readable (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, I'm thinking, you know, 24, 32 characters and get yourselves a password manager and have that on a two-week rotation where your employees actually never see the password. They either log in with certs to the password manager and then the password manager is able to paste that in. Yep. Which is how we did a lot of things when I worked that's, professionally. That's how I do my things. I have I have a password manager that um yeah, it's not it's not there's no it's no cloud password manager it's all local encrypted you know type of thing and in fact in fact i think my most secure password that i have although i don't change it too often is my steam password yeah it's probably, it's probably the one that's the most, you know what's the, funny the, is for a long time my steam password was my most secure password oh was it yeah, yeah. I, I i used to have it well first i i i just made it one big long phrase mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, I'll just make it a, I'll change it to just, you know, some random characters. So, you know, just no way to guess it. But it used to be, oops, I crapped my pants. Yeah. Was my, was my password. A lot of people say 2FA. 
Um, for some organizations, 2FA works well, but there are other circumstances where you may not want that. Um, and, and I know that sounds contradictory, but hear me out. Um, 2FA only works if there's one person logging into one account and that one person receives the 2FA response and the response from the, or, and the 2FA message is going to a device that you know is secure. Yeah. Um, so for instances where it's like, this is your company issued cell phone and nothing goes on here, but company data, that company knows that they can trust that cell phone because it's likely managed with an MDM with a mobile device manager and has wipe capabilities and is, yep. you know, encrypted end to end and, and forced VPN and all that kind of stuff. In that case, yes, 2FA is, is an awesome idea. Um, in the idea that 2FA is a be all end all measure of security, it's not if your 2FA device isn't secure. Yeah. Uh, for the home user, like I said, for it's me logging into my personal email account and my personal email account texts my cell phone or has the Google, you know, it, it was this you hit yes. That's a secure method because I'm logging into my email and I trust my cell phone. But for a company, that gets a lot more complicated. Um, do you want someone else to sign off on someone logging into a service? So do you want 2FA to go to the regional manager? And does he go to sleep at any point in the day? Yeah. <laughs> you know? or do, they, do they get to go on vacation do at all? Do you just trust <laughs> all these random cell phones that, got, that yeah. people bring in? Do you, you yeah. know, there's a whole lot more conversation, especially when you're dealing with uh, with enterprise services like this and, and multiple managers and, and whatnot. How, how is your security? And, and in, in most cases, I could just say, you know what, we, we do trusted certs on everything and, and we have a password manager that also has its own trusted cert. So you, you have two layers of security before you even get to the password login screen. And then once your password manager enters the password, you're good to go. That to me is pretty good is a pretty good security practice without 2FA. So there, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Sorry, Rebel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and 2FA, for the home user, absolutely, it's probably the magic bullet that'll save you. For a company, it's a completely different situation. Um, especially if this is just a random service account with root access. There are some service accounts that need to communicate server to server. Who's 2FAing that? Yeah. No one. You 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 set up trusted certs with expirations, you know, every three weeks or four weeks. And, yep. and you have a policy that issues new certificates and and uh, and, a, and a checks and balance system for that. And then all the traffic between those is encrypted anyway. And so, yeah. <laughs> but what about manager, a password manager for your password manager? manager. Yeah, that's, everybody needs one of those. Hey, dog, I heard you like password managers. Yeah, I just have sticky notes for my password manager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just plaster them right there on my desktop. See, and, and I always go enemy the state on that. I don't know if you've seen that, the the Will Smith, uh, Gene Hackman. Uh, it's, it's been a long time, because uh, that was like early 2000s, I Late say. 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, okay. it was okay. it was back there a ways. Um, yeah. yeah, this was uh, just after Independence Day, if I, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, okay. And so it was 99, 2000, maybe 2001. Like, yeah. it, it was early. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a phrase by Will Smith's wife in the movie uh, when they're talking about um, 
uh, political oversight of like the NSA and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, and she goes, well, who's going to monitor these people? Well, they have monitors for that. Yeah, but who's going to monitor the monitor of the monitors? <laughs> <laughs> who's watching the watchers? Right. Yeah, and, well, and that because... to me is is the phrase that goes on in my head whenever yeah. someone mentions, you know, business 2FA uh, yeah. for, for, you know, multiple admin 2FA. I think that was on um, even even further back, War Games with Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. That's how he got the password and was yeah. able to hack into the because he just opened up the drawer and saw the sticky note sitting there. It's like, oh, that's the password. Yep, and closed it. Exactly. Oh, uh, nice shirt, red shirt ale. Yep. Yeah, that's my shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, someone finally uh, finally saw it. <laughs> it's to die for. <laughs> What cigarette brand would they use? Uh, Marlboro Reds, probably. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Can I get the lieutenants? I, the lieutenants. Know, I, I only yeah. smoke lieutenants. No, nah, that Wharf only smokes smokes cools though. <laughs> it's probably true. Well, wasn't that? Uh, I don't know if you watched. It's kind of Star Trek related. The um, the Orville. Uh, where they had they. Did you ever watch that one? I, I caught a couple episodes. Unfortunately, it's uh-huh. one that I just didn't get on my watch list. It is now. Yeah, right it's, it's, right had, now, I've been working one... my, my way back through Breaking Bad yeah. because it's okay. amazing. But yeah. Orville is one of the next ones on my list. Yeah, they have they have like a kind of Klingon-esque alien race on the thing. Um, but I guess he, he started smoking cigarettes. And I guess for his race, it's like highly addictive. And gives like this just intense euphoria, so he gets <laughs> he gets super addicted to cigarettes. <laughs> Slurm, it's highly addictive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, how's your beer treating you over there? I am really enjoying this IPA. Actually, I I, I quite like it. I'm sipping it quite a bit. I haven't had a good IPA in a while, actually. This is still very tart. Very, very yes, tart. I, yes, I know. <laughs> Are you just going to drink it faster so you can get it over with? Or I'm so having a hard time drinking stout? fast. That's the I thing. I know, I know. That's, that's what I say. Like really hardcore uh, sours, you you yeah. can't just suck them down because they just dry your mouth out. Yeah. By the way, not... hey, SPX Labs, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, yeah, no, this one, it's not quite drying my mouth out because I'm also mm. salivating so much from the sourness. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, okay. But it also has a drying effect, so it's like the roof of, roof of my mouth is dry, but like there's a pool going on down below. <laughs> um, <laughs> boy, I am just not sold on this one. Uh, no, especially for the description, like like golden ale aged in oak and blueberries, and it happens sounds to be good. a sour. Like I'm on board. That yeah. sounds great. This is like sour blueberry juice yeah just not not great right um what's the abv on this i didn't think it was that high six percent yeah sours typically aren't super super high i mean they can be but but for the most part they aren't (laughs) uh i can't repeat that one but but i i I see the uh the the shout back so thank you I'm so, okay. <laughs> I said I couldn't say it, Steve. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, there's this, it's, um, gosh, what's the, you know, the old cartoons where it's like the, the seasons change day by day. And so it's like, oh, yeah. uh, 
So it's like it's summertime and all the leaves drop and all of a sudden it's or all the all the leaves grow and all of a sudden it's winter and all the leaves drop and there's snow on the ground. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of going on with my mouth, but it's it's like you know Sahara Everglades. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, 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 just bouncing back and forth on me. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm not ready to say this beer is terrible, but I'm definitely going to say it's not good. Well, yeah, I, it's if if you're not like going to dump it out, it's not terrible, right? Right. I'm not going to dump it out. It's I wouldn't say I would ever drink it again. Yeah. So. Yeah, most sours that are really good will just have a touch of sweetness to it. Yeah, this one and has just, no sweetness at all. Yeah. There there's nothing redeeming about it. It's just it's just sour. It's just not good, sour. right? Yeah, yeah, sour. That's just very, sour very for sour. sour. Yep. I guess some people like that, but I need I need a little something. Yep. Same here. All right, moving right along here. Uh, so DDR5 is getting uh, even closer to a consumer release. Yeah. And uh, in fact, we may see compatible motherboards coming up this next year, uh, as has been rumored for a little while. Uh Adding more fuel to that fire is that Team Group is now validating consumer DDR5 DIMMs. They nice. are going through the, the IEEE process, and uh, they have their first engineering samples of DDR5 memory in rapid testing right now. Um, so pretty big news. Obviously, this comes with a pretty big uplift in bandwidth. Um, I believe the base frequency is going to be 3200, if I recall correctly. And so... Um, there's usually a bunch of like rah 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 when when new memory comes out about about the speed because um or no it was it's 4800 4800 yeah excuse me yeah 4800 um there's usually some rah rah about the speed of of the memory that's coming out because the previous version can't hit the the original clocks and we're kind of right at that point as well like some enthusiast DDR3 memory would hit 2133 and sometimes you'd see some DDR3 2400 megahertz mm-hmm. but Oh man, were those expensive yeah. and high latency and everything else? And then DDR4 came out, and people went twenty one thirty three, like <laughs> heads explode. Right, um, which was double the DDR3 spec of ten sixty six, which was not quite double the what was DDR4? DDR4 was four hundred. That's right. Yeah, uh, four hundred at a max, which was well above the. Uh, 233 base of DDR1. Sorry, I'm dating myself at this point. PC 133. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 4800 megahertz uh, DDR5 memory speed is going to become the standard memory speed, and we're gonna go up from there. Nice. <laughs> so and I just I just upgraded not too long ago to DDR4. Yeah, everything is DDR4 now, and then now it's well, okay, DDR5 still not gonna be. Probably the norm, and then well distributed until like late next year. Or I, so. I would say 2022 is when it's going to. Do you think so? More mainstream, starting to come out for a lot of you know more yeah. consumer products. I haven't heard anything that that Zen Four is going to adopt DDR5. I think that's going to wait until the next cycle uh, when oh, okay. they. Uh, so that's my guess anyway. So because I exciting I, news, but it's still it's 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 out there. Correct. It's still out there. Correct. Yeah. Um. Because, yeah, their, their next process is going to be 7 nanometer plus, and then they're going to drop to 5 nanometer. And I think when they drop to 5 nanometer is probably when they're going to go to DDR5. Uh, who knows if Intel will try to sneak in a the DDR5 five five. chip. 
Who knows Who if knows? Intel will sneak a DDR5 chip into their 14 nanometer process? We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? And I wonder why I don't get Intel samples. <laughs> <laughs> they take, take one look at your channel like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't give this guy anything. Yep. Well, I am going to make NVIDIA mad with one of my tutorials because uh, I'm, I'm doing a quick little video on uh, bypassing the NVE and C limit on NVIDIA consumer cards. So if you get a GTX 1050, you can... Uh, now, all consumer NVIDIA cards have a two-stream max for NVE and C simultaneously. Um, there's a patch out there where you can patch the driver and you can do as many as the chip will handle. Uh, and so you can buy a GTX 1050 and, and stream like... 10 1080p streams with it <laughs> oh wow so i got that many i got like one person one other one other person sharing my my plex server yeah. so i don't really need that yeah i've, I've got four or five and I'll, I'll see them pop on every once in a while oh, as well yeah so um i have a gtx 1060 in my main plex box and mm. uh and it handles six seven very very easily oh so. yeah no problem there yeah, yeah. no i i literally have just me and then there's one other person and that's mm. it so I don't need that much firepower. Like I can get three going in my house at one time. <laughs> yeah. See, oh man, we see my son. All, of all the shows that I download for him and stuff like that, or mm -hmm. I grab for him, he just likes watching Minecraft YouTube videos. Yeah. That's all he likes watching. <laughs> so it's like, fine. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> SPX Labs, $10 donation. I think I'll give you a beer for that one time. Thank you oh, yeah. so much, buddy. <laughs> uh, next round's on me. Uh, if we ever get to go out of the house again, so. <laughs> uh, someone was asking me, is that a Corsair Void Pro white gaming headset? Yes, it is. It goes with my white Corsair mouse. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a match. Yeah, I got I gotta have a match. He's so vain. <laughs> I gotta. It's the I call it the stormtrooper aesthetic. It's all yep. white and black. <laughs> Did you end up using that 303 case that I gave you, or uh, the white one? Yes, I yes I did. Nice. I actually did. Nice. I, I upgraded my wife's PC with it, and Excellent. she's very very happy with it. Very cool. All right. Uh, we do have some beer news this week. Yes, we have some. A little bit. Let's see. Uh, starting with Bud Light, uh, John. <laughs> John put this on there, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, John handles just... most of our beer news. He's the one who finds it. He's the one who's usually reading it. Uh, if I find something, it's usually already posted on our notes. And it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Could you stop doing Bud Light news? Just for me. For me, personally. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Bud Light is coming out with a holiday-themed variety pack of three all-new seltzer flavors. Yeah. Called the Ugly Sweater Pack. Yeah. And the flavors are Apple Crisp, Cranberry, which those two don't sound too bad, but Peppermint Patty. Yeah. Uh, ginger Snap, Peppermint Patty, and Apple Crisp. Yeah. So Ginger oh, Snap. Ginger Snap. I miss Ginger Snap, yeah. Ginger Snap I might be on board with. I do like a Could good be. ginger, ginger ale, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah, that could be okay. Uh, you know, get me a Moscow Mule. I doubt it's going to be like that, but... You know, no. whatever. It'll probably be like shortbread cookie with, with yeah. ricey yep. aftertaste. Right, yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, but yeah, peppermint patty? I don't know about that. Mm. I, I have I have 
a strong repulsion to artificial chocolate flavor, like Tootsie Rolls and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I just don't like that. Yeah. I, I'm not um, a fan of artificial chocolate. I'm not a fan of, I, I love mint. I mean, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I freaking love mint. I, I don't know if I want a seltzered mint drink though. Well, I, I do love me a good, uh, uh, mint julep. There's mint julep, but no, the, uh, uh draw a blank. I don't know. Help, help I don't know. What's the other mint drink? <laughs> There's other mint drinks. Oh, just <laughs> mojito. Just mojito. Oh, mojito. Mojito. Yeah. Yes, mojitos yeah. are good. Love mojitos. Yeah, but mojitos. mojitos nah, I guess it does have. It doesn't have a super strong. Oh, the way I make them, it does. Oh, does it really? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. In fact, we grow mint. We grow mint in my garden now, so I can yes, go outside we do and pick too. some fresh mint. And we. That's yeah. what we do too. Whenever we do, like in the summer times, we'll make mojitos, uh, or mint juleps or something like that, and we'll just go outside and pick some mint mm-hmm. and bring it back in as fresh, fresh mint. <laughs> I feel like peppermint patty would be like a watered down peppermint schnapps. I don't I don't even like peppermint schnapps that much. Yeah. In like in like hot cocoa or something like that, it's okay. Uh um, but like there's not much peppermint schnapps goes with. Most of it tastes like super sweet toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to respond to something real quick. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan of mint done wrong. Yes. And there's a lot of ways to do mint wrong. Oh yeah. And I think putting mint in a Bud Light with a Tootsie Roll for that it's been aged with, yeah. I think that's probably going to be doing that's mint wrong. Good. That's going to be good. I did have one time uh, a local brewery, Oregon City Brewing. They had a mint porter one mm-hmm. time, and they were going for the chocolate mint flavor, right? Right, right. But they way overdid it with the mint flavor. It oh. was like almost undrinkable. Yeah. That was too minty. In fact, they even warned me. It's like, oh, you guys have a chocolate mint porter. That's, uh, that's pretty good. And she's like, I just want to warn you now. This is like an experiment. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's and it's like, do you like, do you like toothpaste? I'm like, I don't know. Do you I like mint? Well, yeah. No, I said, yeah. do you like mint? <laughs> it's, just, it's a little heavy on the mint. <laughs> right. it, was, it was really, really, really heavy on the mint. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, all right. Uh, in slightly more local news, uh, Deschutes Brewery. Uh, great, great local brewer over yes. here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, they are coming out with a Black Butte whiskey. Yeah. Uh, one of their more well-known beers is the Black Butte Porter. And it's, uh, quite honestly, a number of people's gateway into darker beers and especially craft beers. Oh, yeah. Um, it was mine, actually. Right. Black, Black Butte Porter was the beer that... because. Before I had craft beer, I just, you know, I'm like, oh, Budweiser is disgusting. Right. And I still think it's pretty disgusting, although I find it a little more tolerable now. Nope. But <laughs> a little more. Uh, I didn't say a lot. I said a little more. Nope. Uh, but like, I'm like, uh, someone gave me a Black Butte Porter and then I go, what is this? And they go, this is a beer. And I was like, oh, this doesn't look like any beer I've ever had. Right. What's and that I, color? And like, yeah, I'm not what? used to that. Right. Like, wow, this, like, this is actually good. This is delicious. This is like malty and sweet and mm-hmm. chocolatey a little bit. And it was a Black Butte Porter. Yep. And uh, I even still now, I think I haven't had a Black Butte Porter in a long time, but I think a couple months ago I, I had it again. And I'm like, you know what? I still like this. This is still, still a, a really solid, solid beer. Solid yeah. beer. It's yeah. not the best porter I've ever had. No. It's not no. the best dark beer I've ever had. But as far as a like, you can grab one out of the fridge and you will enjoy it. It's yeah, just good. Of course. Yeah. It's it's just one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's a number of beers, especially here in Oregon, that are just that way. 
There's yep. uh, like I said, the the Rogue Ten Hop is a phenomenal beer. Now it's a, right. it's a complex IPA, but it's just anytime I see it on a menu, if I'm even oh, yeah. hesitating any, anything else, I grab that. Oh yeah, like a fresh fresh squeeze from uh, Deschutes. Deschutes fresh good. squeezed is is like a solid IPA. Yep, it's not the best IPA, mind blowing, but I can sit there and and it's very balanced mm-hmm. where it's not overwhelming with the bitterness and the hop. It's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's just got enough sweet malt flavor that I can have like a couple pints of it and be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're coming out with a Black Butte inspired malt whiskey. Uh, this is a five-year aged whiskey, mm-hmm. um, and it is a malt whiskey, so it is going to be uh, mostly malt forward. It's not a bourbon. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward yeah. to, to seeing this pop up. I, I'm. I'll probably um, buy a bottle myself. I'll just give it a shot. Either yeah. that, or I'll just have John buy it, and then I'll go to his house and drink it. All. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I'll have guests over and we can partake in my bar again. Eventually, yes. No, that's that's one of the things I liked whenever I was in studio. <laughs> is like afterwards, I'd be like, "Oh, oh what's what, this? What new, whiskey, what, what new bourbons and whiskey did Jeff get this time that I can sample?" <laughs> now, I will say that was full time employed, Jeff. <laughs> yes, that was full time employed. I, Jeff. I don't buy a bottle each week anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, no, you were still over once a month, and I guess, yeah, yeah, once a month, I'll still have a bottle of something new. I don't go through yeah. it that quickly, so. No, no, it was yeah. it was never like, oh, I, you know, a whole giant shelf of new things I ever tried. It's like one yep. or two new things usually. Although I will say, um, I didn't go to the liquor store for the first seven months of this year. Oh, really? Like I Like, my last trip was, I think, November of last year, and then... Uh, we were moving in December, so I right. never went. Couldn't, it's like, why do I want to yeah. buy a busy, bottle yeah. to pack it in, in a day? Yeah. It's like, that's stupid. Um, and uh, my liquor cabinet to move took four and a half boxes anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got it moved and, and got yeah. it all set up. And then I'm yeah. like, well, I've got plenty here on my shelves. I'll just drink that. And and yeah. obviously we were gone at CES the first part of the year and then yeah. got back in February. And it's like, I'm still fully stocked. And then March hit. And I, and I couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go anywhere. Didn't buy anything. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't until July, maybe, that I went out and uh, yeah, bought stuff. And that was just to like replenish. Like, I'm out of Seagram's. I'm out of Bacardi White. I'm out of yeah. <laughs> like, just the basics. I need some You're staples again because I can't yeah. even make drinks right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's gotten back back up there. I've got I've got a decent stock right now. So. Uh, yeah, we were actually talking about the the Crater Lake Gin before the show, so yeah, same same company. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they do some some Pacific Northwest gins are really interesting. Yes, like I've seen I've seen some not traditional botanicals uh, in their gin. Right. Uh, one of my favorites. I know we're getting a little off track here, but that's fine. Uh, we don't have a lot of stories left to talk about. Um, yeah. One of my favorite gins that I've found locally is out of Corvallis from Vivacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an Oregon gin. Um, uh, so they, they make a couple of different gins, but they have one specifically yep. that's just the Oregon gin. And oh man, when you drink that, you know the smell when you're over in Bend? Yes. There's the a pine. smell. Just like there's when you, fresh pine When you drink it, smell, it you're smells in like Bend. Bend, yeah. It smells it like you. Eastern Oregon. Nice. Um, it smells and tastes exactly like 
and and I know you know a lot of gins have that sprucey piney kind of thing going on anyway, and it's like mm-hmm. that's kind of what Eastern Oregon smells like. This one yeah. is I'm in Eastern Oregon, like the, yeah. it just transports you. Yeah. Um, and so if anyone ever wants to know what the high desert in Oregon is like, I say try this Vivacity gin because it puts you right there. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, I have a cocktail that I make out of that with uh, with that gin and Midori. And, Ooh, that would uh, be good, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a, just a, a little, you know, a little bar spoon of full of, uh, yeah, just a bar spoon of, of Midori. Uh, and, and then that gin, and I've got a couple other things. I, I wrote the recipe down, and I forget what it was, because I haven't had that gin in like two years. Right. Um, but uh, it, I, I call it the origin <laughs> uh, for, the, for a cocktail name. I know it's yeah. punny, but it works. And, and that, that drink is like just quintessential Eastern Oregon to me. Oh, so. yeah. Tangerine gin, yeah, tangerine is good. Yep. Uh, although, although uh, uh, my favorite is uh, uh, Hendrix. Hendrix gin okay. is excellent. Yeah. Yes. Yep. As far as like that. Although I just had uh, Rose City gin, which is another local. Rose City is pretty gin. good. And it's like it's cheap and it's pretty good. It's kind of mm-hmm. lemony forward, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Rose City and Aviation are both local gins. Aviation is mm-hmm. obviously a lot bigger company now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but Aviation is also a little bit more lemon forward, more than the yeah. botanicals. Um, and then there's the complete opposite of that, where you have very much the the spruce and juniper kind yeah. of forward uh, flavors. I tend to lean more towards the the botanicals and juniper and yes. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and Hendrix, Hendrix, I think, is just has a really great balanced, yeah. good botanicals. Yeah, some people go Tanqueray. Uh, I, uh, for that $20 to $25 bottle, I usually lean Sapphire because, uh, again, it's just that mm-hmm. that's that more botanical leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, what I found for my house gin is Gordon's London Dry. Yeah, you were it's telling a, me that. I, it's a great mixer. It, it's I not usually, something that I'm just going to sit there and sip on, but yeah. for a gin cocktail, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I prefer uh, New Amsterdam. Right. Oh yeah. For my yeah, that, yeah. That's my other one. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I kind of go head. You know, tails one, heads the other. Yeah. So. But uh, you no, know, Gordon's Dry. I can put it in just about any gin cocktail, and it tastes right. Is it the best gin that I've ever had? No. No. But you can get a handle of it for eighteen bucks. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. It's it's cheap, and it's. You always gotta look for your best bang for the buck. No. You know, I, I always that, like trying. That needs to be my next premium video uh, for the Patreon. Is what is my hundred dollar bar? Oh yeah, that. Oh, you know, me I've and been my wanting wife, to do that video for a long time. I think that's my next video. We we me and my wife did this one time uh, to try to make the cheapest Long Island iced tea from scratch. Mm-hmm. Not not going with like, um, you know, the 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 pint pint bottles like the little bottles you get behind the right, desk or whatever right. like an actual fifth you know mm-hmm. but get as cheap as you can get yeah. right what's the cheapest you can get i think we got it down to like 25 bucks or 30 bucks or something like that to be able to make a long island iced tea <laughs> including like the 99 cent cokes you get at walmart or something like the walmart right. Sam's choice or something right. like that and uh it wasn't a great Long Island iced tea. I, I can imagine was, not. I mean, it was drinkable. Because the amount of liquors that you need to put into yes, that, yes. You, you got 25 bucks, including the Coke. Um, yeah. Boy, 
you're looking at some five dollar like, bottles. It, it, there were there were a lot of five dollar bottles. There was like I think HRD might have been the vodka, which I think is like five six bucks or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bottom of the shelf tequila, bottom of the bottom of the shelf everything. You know, just bottom of the shelf as you can bottom as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, someone says, by the way, I don't think it's been proved that SolarWinds was hacked uh, by that old password. The malicious updates have been signed. Yes, and if you have access to the CA, or if you submit a patch and it automatically signs it by the CA, then there's no point in signing it by your CA. Yep. So I'm not, it hasn't been proved that they logged in with X password, but they've been there since March. Sorry, yep. I didn't. I didn't say that earlier. They've been in the system since March, and it was just now re- uh, revealed that, by the way, we were hacked back in March, and 18,000 of you have malicious software on your PCs right now. You might want to take care of that. Yeah. So I'm not saying they didn't log in with that password, <laughs> but something also tells me maybe their certificate authority also had the password SolarWinds123. <laughs> SolarWinds123. Oh my gosh, that's like a password my four-year-old would come up with. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but no, uh, yeah, I, I think my next video, and I think I might film it this weekend or maybe early next week, uh, is going to be either my 10-bottle 10, my 10 bottle bar or my 12-bottle bar, or uh, uh, what are my, like, go-to, whis- go-to spirits that, yeah. that won't break the bank that you can make anything with. Yeah, So and they'll be good, not yes. like... You know, and and they'll be beyond serviceable, right. like like something I actually enjoying even in a in a one spirit cocktail. You know, yeah, a, a, an old fashioned, a Manhattan, right. uh, yeah. You know, like something that I can I can drink myself, and I'm not ashamed of serving my guests. Yes, that also don't break the bank because yeah. you can get into high end spirits very easily. You can make uh, a Manhattan that costs you seventy dollars to to produce. You can yeah. also make a Manhattan that costs you literally thirteen bucks. Yeah. Uh, so, and and some of those high end whiskeys and everything like that, it's I feel in some cases are diminishing returns. Yes. I mean, yes, the high end whiskey is obviously going to taste better than a low end whiskey, but mm-hmm. when you start getting into those hundred dollar bottles, I've had a few of them before, and yeah, they're good. Right. But I've also had some like. $30, $40 bottles that are just right. as good. So I, I tend to think $40 is the mark of diminishing returns for a whiskey. Unless, yes, yes. Uh, but extend that to 60 if you start going cask strength, barrel strength, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, $60 gets you some amazing barrel strength stuff. Yes. Um, once you get much beyond that, there's there's a lot of there's a you, real you, like you've shaky out, ground. You've there. outshot the growth curve as far yes. as what your money can get you. Yeah. Um, but that's not to be, that's not to say that $100 whiskeys are not sometimes worth it because, oh my God, yeah. I've had a couple of killer $100 whiskeys. And then I've also had yeah. some where I go, yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had a $40 that's better. Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I prefer, uh, so Michael just said, I prefer mid-shelf. I, I'm definitely solidly in the mid-shelf. Um, yeah. And, and I can also lean low-shelf a lot of times. Like I said, uh 90% of the time when I'm making a cocktail for myself, I'm not reaching for my $40 bottle of, no, you know, uh, redemption rye or my, yeah. you know, whatever else I have here. Uh, you save that for when you want a really good cocktail. Right. Like, I, like, I, you know, I, I don't mind like, yeah, just, 
I'll make a whiskey sour. I'll go mm-hmm. for Seagram's Seagram's whiskey or something like that. Because yeah, it makes a fine, mm-hmm. a fine mixed drink. Right, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah, Seagram um, Seven's my go-to whiskey in the house. I've said that a couple yeah. of times because no, it I makes a I pretty good old-fashioned and a pretty good Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like Buffalo Trace, I used to like Buffalo Trace quite a bit, uh, but it got a little too expensive. So now I start going with the Seagram Seven because it's a little cheaper. Yeah, and it still it still does just as good. Yep. Yeah, $60 is well beyond the point for mixing cocktails for straight sippers. Uh, my bottle of Pappy would disagree. Um, yeah. Pappy no. Van Winkle is, uh, <laughs> it's it's very good. I've had it, I've had it a couple times. Yeah. Um, I, 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 with some of the prices though, I still don't know if it's quite worth it. Right. Um, but uh, so a lot of people say, you know, if you're spending more than $30 on a bottle to put in a cocktail, you're wasting your money. I wholeheartedly I- disagree. Because holy crap, I can make some cocktails that will blow your mind that literally cost me $140 to put together just Mm -hmm. to buy the bottles to have them. Mm -hmm. But there is a a diminishing return on those versus making them with the $18 to $20 bottles. Like, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll go over that some in my video. Uh, Like I said, this is a a long practiced and long long researched (laughs) endeavor. (laughs) I think that'll be a fun one. Um, Anyway... Uh, so who was the organization that put this out? Uh, this one, Steve. Oh, it's FinTech. Uh, FinTech. I was trying to introduce the story and I forgot the company that the research company that puts this out. I know the, no, the company is called, uh, smart oh, asset, S- smart asset. Okay. So it's a financial tech company in New York. Yes. Yes. Um, and, uh, anyway, they are not really known for like, alcoholic stuff or anything like that. They do financial research for for tech companies and and for Fortune 500s in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But since 2014, they have been putting out a top 10 best cities for beer drinkers. Yes. And their 2020 list just came out. And so I thought it'd be fun to have a look. Uh, Yep. So this is over on vinepair.com. Uh, and the top 10 cities uh, were analyzed out of 384 largest cities in, in the U.S. Um, and uh, it was based on the total number of breweries in a city, followed by the number of breweries per 100,000 people, uh, the average number of beers per brewery, and the number of bars per 100,000 people, and the average price point for a pint in those cities. Yep. Uh, and... Based on that, I'm going to throw this whole chart out the window right now because Cincinnati, Ohio ranked number one. Yeah, that seems weird, right? I think the price per pint and bars per capita probably shot them to the top more than probably what it was, yeah. anything else happened there. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't feel that there'd be an issue getting a $3 pint in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's. I think there was something that they said in there that that uh, like St. Louis and stuff like in Cincinnati, their their average was like four four dollar a pint. Right. So right. which is still which is which is cheaper than than our area. Right. But <clears throat> in, yeah. in Portland, I'm I'm not shocked to pay nine dollars at a bar. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, it's not nine dollars for a pint of Budweiser. It's no. nine dollars for. You know, uh, a bourbon barrel age, uh, something, something. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. or, or even $12 for that pint. Yes. Totally reasonable in my, in my experience and in my goings out. Um, but, uh, 
you know, we do have some bars that that are in the you know three to four dollar Budweiser Bud Light specials yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. If that's what they, you're after, find them, yeah. they're there, but they're not nearly as plentiful in Portland. And yet, Portland no. still ranked number four on this list, as did yes. Bend, ranking number seven. Yeah. So we have two cities in Oregon that were that made the list. Right. And Bend and Bend actually is, for being a smaller town, mm-hmm. is a very beer friendly town. It's a phenomenal um, town for beer. Uh, there's yes, only it is. what 70, 75,000 people in yeah. Bend. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bend had this huge huge explosion at the beginning of the two thousands with the dot com industry and everything mm-hmm. else. And then they also got bit by the dot com bomb. And uh, they peaked at like 90,000 people. And then all of a sudden they're down to like 75. And so the last 10 years have not been all that kind to them. Yeah. But one of the industries that is growing over there has been the craft brewing industry. And that's another thing that brought a lot of people out to that area. Yeah. Um, And gosh, I'm trying to think what my top 10 list of breweries in Bend is. Crux for sure is like number one. Crux is up there. Crux e- has to be. Even yeah. Ten Barrel is really good. Ten uh, Barrel's you, very good. You've got the shoots. You've got Boneyard. Uh, Boneyard. Is excellent. Yeah. Uh, what's the? Uh, oh gosh, the the one who makes a nut crusher, the the peanut butter, peanut butter. Oh pork. no, those those guys are Wild in Wild Red. They're they're not. They're in Redmond. They're, uh, they're in Redmond. Yeah, yeah but not. It, we'll call that bent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're six miles apart. You can drive from one yeah. to the other without realizing it. We're gonna call that bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, Wild Ride is over there. There's uh, there's so many good breweries over yeah. in Bend. There is. Um. So uh, John and I talked about this. Uh, gosh, almost two years ago when the uh, the Chico California fires hit and Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. did the uh, uh, did the pale ale uh, resurrection pale or whatever the the pale yeah, was with the, the special the special pale yeah, did, yeah uh so we talked about going to a bunch of different breweries in oregon and doing like this giant circle and picking up a six pack from each brewery um just and kind of like documenting the trip well we were getting down to like okay how do we plan this trip and where do we go and we were thinking starting in eugene and then going over to the coast, hitting Rogue, going up to Astoria, right. hitting Fort George, going to Portland, mm. and then coming back south. And it's like, but we have to go to Bend. And I went, yeah, but Bend's a trip Bend's, on its own because there's yeah, 14 breweries there, yeah. in Bend that are doing this beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Me, me and my wife did the Bend Ale Trail, Yeah. which is uh, a thing where they'll give you like a stamp. And you got to go through all the breweries in, right. in Bend and you get a stamp. And I think if you complete it all, you get like a pint glass or something mm-hmm. like that. So we did that. I've never done week, the ale trail, a, but I we did that in a weekend. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> See, that's why I, oh, I was about man. to say that's why I've never done the ale trail. Is I've been to all the breweries on the ale trail. Yeah. But I've never done it while I was thinking about you know grabbing the the you know stamp for your chart and yeah. everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, let alone been there long enough to like do it over a week. Let alone a weekend. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was. Oh man, it was a bit of a slog. Let me tell you. Uh, because there's a lot of breweries down there. I think there's more now. Because when yeah. we did it, I think there's been at least four more breweries that popped up since right. then. So, um... Bend, Oregon, the Colorado of Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Pretty much. There, There's skiing, there's beer, there's tech companies, you know, and that's about it. So my, my brother moved to Denver, and, and we just went uh, earlier this year to, mm-hmm. to visit. And I was super excited because... Uh, I wanted to go to because Denver's got like a lot of breweries too, mm-hmm. 
and I want it to go to like the obscure ones that I've never heard of, the local ones that, right. you know, they that that you know people in in Denver like. So we went to a couple of them that were rated high, and I was I was not that impressed, really. Yeah. I mean, there was there was one or two breweries that were there that were that were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that were you know I I brought back a crawler of a couple of the things that I thought they were good. Yeah. But for the most part, man, it was it was not. Um, like Bend, you go to Bend, and there's like just about every other brewery you go to there. It's, it's either phenomenal. it's it's either good to great. It's yeah. like it's either good to great. Yeah, there yeah. are a few that yeah okay they're not that, but just about every single one there. And but the one in Denver's that I went to, most of them were just like either just mediocre, just straight right. mediocre. Yeah, that's all it was. Um, so we had a video at CES that never made publication. Um, uh, we tried to record it and then we kind of ran mm. out of time to, mm-hmm. to make it a full video. Uh, Steve and I, in our off time, we were going to try to go to a bunch of the breweries around Vegas and we made, yeah. a, we made to four of them. Yes. Um, and, uh, we crossed off all the ones that were three stars or less. We went, we went four stars or five stars in reviews. Yeah. Um, and, uh, let's see if we can hit some of these. And so, uh, the first one we hit was, what was that? Sunday morning at nine 30. <laughs> yes. We morning. were the first ones there. <laughs> Nobody else in the place. Right. So that was fun. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, one of the earliest beers I've ever had, let alone at a bar. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we walk in and that one was, was okay. It was okay. It was, it was okay. okay. It, it wasn't anything like tremendous. What was it? It was like Teton Brewing or something like that? Yeah, that, that was Teton, or... I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, really nice bar. Like yeah, it was, beautiful yeah, inside. Yeah. Um, and they had this giant floor to ceiling glass window where you can look into the brewery and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a class place. Um, and the beer was, I would say pretty good. That's okay. Um, yeah. From, from what we tried, Steve and I both had a flight each of different mm-hmm. things. And because we didn't know about COVID yet, we were sharing, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but we tried 10 beers there, I think. And yeah. overall it's like three of them were not good. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them were like, okay, to okay. like yeah. one good one. There was one that I thought was, was, it was really like cream, good. Yeah. cream above all the rest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to a couple others and they were both forgettable. Like I don't even yes. remember the other two. I that don't. We went to. Yeah. They were like the, the, there was some other one that was down the strip that was just like, I, yeah, yeah no, it was, that was stupid. That was dumb. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then we met up with, uh, Jason bite my bits at, uh, what was the name of this one? Abel Baker. Abel Baker. Thank you. Yeah. I, I always remember it starts with an A, but I can yeah. never remember the name because all I can think is rubber ducks. And I'm like, it's not yeah, duck because they, the, they got the rubber ducks with the atomic symbol behind yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, that that brewery That was, was a good brewery. That was, that was a really good, good one. Uh, yeah. I, I put it up against anything that Oregon has as yeah. far as like quality pint to pint to pint. Yes. Because, yeah, we, we did... Uh, uh, three flights plus a couple of pints there. Everything um, was good. Everything was good. There, everything there was, was not a loser in in oh. any of those glasses. Their chocolate orange uh, stout was mm-hmm. phenomenally good. Yeah, it was super good. Yeah. I pu- I put it up there with like Great Notion, right? Uh, with like some of their pastry stouts and yeah. stuff like that. It was super good. So yeah, so cu- coming from Oregon and finding a brewery like that, let alone on the Vegas strip. in in Vegas in Vegas. It, well, it wasn't technically on the strip. It was it was a mile north. Sli- it was slightly behind the stratosphere. Right. Yeah. yeah it, people say the close stratosphere enough. is close, on close the strip. Enough. So yeah. No, no. It's you had you had to like drive like a block off the strip. It, right. Okay. It was it's blo- a strip adjacent. Right. <laughs> strip adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but no, that that brewery, Abel Baker, was fantastic. It was fa- fantastic. Um, um, anybody going to Vegas, I highly, highly recommend Abel Baker. Yep. No. Very good. All right. Uh, let's hit the top 10 cities here real quick. So Cincinnati, Ohio, which yep. I've not been to Ohio, but I'm going to sincerely disagree with because I don't think I've ever had a... Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a beer from Ohio. Um, so I that can't would... say the number of breweries around there. Yeah. But I've never heard of any breweries around I, there. I, I did a quick Google search just to see breweries that were in uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. There was one that I recognized. That was Mad Tree. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Which, yeah. Which is, which, but all the rest of them, I, I didn't recognize a single one. Right. So best city. No, I think they won by bars per capita and, probably. and price it per probably pint. probably boosted them. Probably right. that's what boosted them. Uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Same kind of thing. I know there's some really good breweries in the Carolinas, yeah. but Asheville? Yeah. I, I like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I know Raleigh has a number of good breweries. I know yeah. Charlotte has a number of good breweries, um, although that's south. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, then there's St. Louis, Missouri, which obviously is the home of InBev. I wonder if they took scale of brewery in, into consideration. It, it could be. I mean, it also could be because it's right there, readily available, cheap. It, it could also be that yeah. in St. Louis, I think you have hot water, cold water, bud when, when you're installing your plumbing system. In your <laughs> yeah, house. So, that's right. It doesn't matter. You could shower in it. Right. So, yeah, I think it's just another you know turn of the dial uh, over right. there. Portland is, is fourth. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is fifth, and that one I could definitely agree with. I can see that one, yeah. Denver, Colorado, same kind of thing. Sure they have thing, some yeah. amazing breweries over in Denver. Yeah. Uh, Bend, Oregon, can't argue that. Madison, yeah. Wisconsin, that one is... Um, I know Wisconsin holds a lot of craft beer up in high esteem. I yes. tried a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> I will say. Um, and not to crap on all of them, because I haven't had all of them, but... I, I just wasn't that impressed with a good number of the offerings over there. Um, it's kind of like a good number of the offerings I've had from Kansas. I've had a couple of good beers from Kansas. Yeah. And I've had I've had to wade through a lot of other stuff that just... Garbage, yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Missoula, Montana. This one's kind of the uh, wild yeah, that card. That was a weird, me. yeah. I mean, they could be like Bend or something like that. A small town that just has uh, right. some good ones, but I don't know any brewers right. that are in montana right and then Missoula, montana and big then sky knowing, that's the only one right and then knowing the water quality in cleveland i can only imagine what kind of slime they're churning out of there <laughs> so. they're all sour ales yeah. just because they just all naturally turn sour no matter what they make yeah <laughs> uh let's see uh when will craft computing be a brewery um i am more likely to be a distillery first because yeah. that's that's what I relate to. And I've said this a number of times on the show. I'm more a a spirit and liquor and cocktail guy than I am a beer mm-hmm. guy. But I can find more craft beers to talk about and it can be more of an object and permanent prop on the channel than yeah. a cocktail can. Because number one, it's a lot cheaper to buy a $4 craft beer and open that on yeah. every show than it is to mix a new cocktail every show. Right. Um, and yeah. plus you can also find a wide variety of interesting things to drink and talk about. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to sit there on camera mixing up a fancy drink right. every single time either. I, I've had 90 stouts-ish on craft computing probably. And mm-hmm. only two or three of them were the same. And and I can talk differently about each of them. I can, you know, mm-hmm. whereas 
how many different ways do you want me to make an old-fashioned? How many different ways? Be, because I'm also very much a prohibition to 50s era cocktail drinker. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love a lot of the classically made cocktails. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of where my, like, I, I go like prohibition era, give it to me old fashioned, like, like mm. 1890s to 1930s for like whiskey cocktails. Yeah. And then up to Tiki era for, for the rest. Yeah. And that's, that's my wheelhouse. That's what I love. That's what I drink all the time. That's what I make myself at home. Um, but, uh, I'm more likely to make a distillery than I am a craft brewery. That being said, I've discussed the possibilities of opening a craft brewery. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> me and John, me and John brew our own beer and, right. and cider and stuff like that. So it's not like we don't have equipment or anything like that. We could. At one point, I heard of a chain of uh, uh, of growler stations in Salem that was for sale. They had three locations, and I inquired about it. <laughs> oh yeah, was that uh, growl movement? Yes. Yep. They they had some some growler stations for sale. There were yeah. three locations uh with retail uh one of the locations they only use like a quarter of their retail space. So there's like all this space and I'm like, well that could be a studio could be, in the be, back. Yeah, there you go. I, I I could, you know, open up a couple of stills or a couple of uh, uh brewers and uh, have a couple of large tanks and film in the other half of it and have a retail establishment mm -hmm. in the other and work the register at day and shoot at night and it could be a thing. Like, like I, I totally had like a business plan starting to be mapped out for it. I'm not yeah. saying it won't happen, but at the moment it's not in the cards. So. Yeah. Plus also all the beers that me and John make aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, there's a few times I've, I've made some really good ones, but. Cosworth says Jeff after his cloud gaming project is definitely more of a liquor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. How much scotch did I drink during that project? Oh man. <laughs> um so yeah uh it's uh i know well enough and i know enough people who have ventured out into their own as far as self-employment and, and self-entrepreneur i know not to put all my eggs in one basket at the moment my eggs are in two baskets and that's still not enough for me i i want more than that one basket mm -hmm. um and so eventually i'm going to venture out into another area probably completely unrelated to what i do here whether it be craft beer or opening a distillery or or buying a facility of, of some kind and and investing in that or going into something else going into real estate and doing that on the side or <laughs> whatever you know miniature equine breeding right i i will do something else pygmy pygmy horse breeding <laughs> right i i will eventually be doing something else alongside craft computing that is not craft computing because i want to make sure that i'm successful um but I'm also a very cautious person, so. All right, I'm gonna have my my German beer. All the right. Vest, the Vest, Vestenstaffer. Vestenstaffer? Vesten, Vestenstaffer. Merchandising, merchandising. Merchandising is also on the table, but here's the deal with merchandising. Merchandising the craft computing brand still relies on YouTube for a monetary source. Uh, so I can put out as much merchandise as I want, but if no one can see the videos anymore or YouTube all of a sudden decides they're gonna, you know, take a throw, big chunk a, out throw of it. a coup and and uh, and eliminate alcohol channels from their from their show. Yeah. Now, number one, I'd probably have to change the name of my channel. Number two, I'd have to rebrand everything entirely and get rid of the the shtick, um, which I could. I, I my tech. The reason my channel is successful is the tech holds up on its own, and then there's other areas of interest that people are interested in watching me for. 
Uh, so people like the beer reviews at the end of the videos. Um, I actually get complaints when they're not there. However, the analytics for YouTube say you watch to the out credits and then only about 12 to 15% of you watch the beer review. However, the 12 to 15% is a big reason my videos do well because you all click on this on the notifications as soon as they come in. And so the beer helped me form a core audience, which helped get me more views, which helps get me a more general audience. And so it was all part of the marketing plan when I was thinking about how to do this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, long way to say maybe, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, the original merchandising question. Yes, merchandising is on the table. In fact, craftcomputing.store will be coming sometime in the early 2020s. Stay tuned. Um, second channel. Yeah, but then I have to build a second channel. And will the second channel get clicks? That's not an instant revenue source or a repeatable revenue source. But that also doubles my production schedule. Um, I would rather invest more into Patreon and, and Floatplane than I would into a second channel where it's a guaranteed revenue source, I'm guaranteed to get those clicks, and I don't, or rather, I don't have to worry about the clicks because the 10 or 12 or 13 or 14 or 15% of people who want to watch that extra content is gonna pay to watch that content. Just pay directly, and I don't have to worry about who watched it and who didn't, and oh, is it trending? Did it get to the, I can just make content that I like, and if you like it too, you'll pay the extra money to watch it. And so that's one business plan. Um, anyway, I am opening the stout, uh, from, from Zipline Brewing yep. and I'm going to be blasphemous and reuse my sour glass. Yeah. Someone says Vetus is probably the best Weizenbach ever. I, it, it's a very, very good Weizenbach. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely delicious. Yes. Um, there's, um, not too far from where I live. There's a Bavarian town, uh, Boy. where they, they have a pretty yeah. big, uh, Oktoberfest over there. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few stores over there that sell a good number of German beers. The The head on this beer was so thick, I had uh -huh. liquid floating on top of it. I had droplets. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> that took me for a number. I've only seen that a couple of other times. Wow. Um, it was like Leyden Frost effect where the bubbles were floating on was top so, of it. So top, so, yeah. so top heavy that, that the liquid. The liquid was not falling was through the foam. Yeah. yeah. Mm, wow. That was cool. Because um, <sighs> it smells it smells great, huh? This may give the 2020 Bourbon County a run for its money, mm. just based off the the nose. Because that was a what a 14.6. This is a 13.8, so it's just as boozy. It's just as bourbony. <laughs> Might be a little sweeter. Boy, there's some chocolate already on there. Here we go. Sounds good. terrible that's awful well you're not that's, spitting it out so oh, just awful. <laughs> uh lead and iron jeff i actually create merch uh depending on what you're looking to do maybe i can come in for cheaper uh definitely give me a ring uh look up my my contact info uh for the contact me or about page on my my channel um or just dm me through twitter that's probably the best way to get a hold of me my dms are open uh so uh yeah, hit me up through Twitter. Let me know who you are, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely talk because I've got some merch ideas, uh, but I'm looking for a couple of very specific things. So uh, let me know. Uh, He's looking for inflatable Jeff dolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
For snuggling. For snuggling. No, I think I would sell an inflatable Jason doll. That way you all can F him. <laughs> He'd probably buy it. I know Spoon would buy him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, True Rex. Uh, I bought an HPE DL325 AMD Epic server three months ago, and the motherboard is already having issues. Okay. Um, was there a question there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, Big Big Spoon, do, <laughs> do you have an OnlyFans? Uh, no, although I'm considering opening an OnlyFans account and posting all of the pictures of fans that I get. Yes. And that's it. So, yeah, subscribe to my OnlyFans to see, you know, hot 40 millimeter Noctuas. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a fan of the micros, some people are, some people aren't. Yeah. Most, most people like the big fans. Mm -hmm. Tiny fans are acquired taste. I've got a couple of 200s that'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will say the Bourbon County is a hair sweeter. Oh, really? Um, it's you a would hair think that, yeah, maybe they just used more malt or something. I don't right. Know. Um, yeah, that, that's one thing that I, that I said when I was drinking that last week, um, was number one, it's delicious, but yeah. number two, it reminds me of the very savory, like the 2017 standard, mm. um, where it was just super smooth, super savory, absolutely no booze to it at all. Mm -hmm. Even at 14, six, um, it was a dangerous, dangerous stout. Um, th this one, it's still deliciously smooth. Yeah. But you're still drinking a 13.8. Like, so you, you know you it's You can there. taste a... Yeah. So you, got a, you got a boozy back end. It, it, it's, it's a much boozier back end than the Bourbon County was. Um, very similar flavor profile overall. Um, it, it's that, that chocolate, that roasty, the, the, the deep coffee roast. Uh, definitely a very pronounced bourbon on it. Um... And, uh, but yeah, it's just a little bit more of a boozy kick at the end. Um, does it say, which I do like, uh, does it say on the bottle who they, they did the bourbon barrel with? Was it a particular uh, brand or it just, it does, does it say not. That? I know some places do and some places don't. Yeah. This one does like, not. So, yeah, okay. It's probably an MGB. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> yep. Um, more fan of one twenties. Yeah. Some people, you know, yeah. Once you go 140, it's hard to go back, though. Yeah. <laughs> only fans for, uh, uh, only for PWM and, uh, the occasional Rambo tees. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the cat in there every once in a while. Of course. You know I'm saying. Of course. Yeah. You got to get the fans what they want. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of entertainment news. Sure. Uh, and this one came out a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, so, of all of the sci-fi flicks, not, not flicks, but TV shows and, yes. and, and series that you can think of, there is one fan base that feels more jilted than all the rest. Oh, yes, and, definitely. And, and every sci-fi fan base gets jilted at some point. Right. Um, whether it was... Star Trek Enterprise has a stupid theme song. And now and now it's like, well, now that's like the best theme song now that you yeah. look back at it 15 years later. Um, you, you know, Enterprise is not my Star Trek. Discovery is not my Star Trek. Picard is not my Star Trek. What are they doing with Lower Decks? There's Stargate, 
what the hell was Atlantis? You know, they're, they're, there's all kinds of different. <laughs> there's some people that just they're just jaded about. They're them, just yeah. never happy, and you yeah. know, they're they're Star Wars fans who only like the first three Star Wars that came out, and they're like, what the heck was the prequel and the sequel movies? Well, you can still be a fan of the first and call yourself a Star Wars fan, yeah. and not get vitriolic about the rest. Like it's okay. But there's one fan base in particular that always gets the most fired up about being the most persecuted, about being the most unfair. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say the most persecuted, but I would say the most jilted. The the, the most yeah, the most jilted. Jilt, Let's the most go jilted, back yes. to my original uh, adjective there. The most jilted because they feel they got screwed the most. Of course. And that is probably Joss Whedon's Firefly. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know. Firefly had a very short run. <laughs> life. Yeah. One one season. I don't think it was a full season. It either. was it was one and done. Uh, yeah. I I think it was a full season, but it left on a cliffhanger, and they're like, "Oh, I can't wait till season two. Nope. <laughs> and part of it, I mean, at, at, neither at, can we. <laughs> people people who people who were in the know, Fox kind of did screw them over. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about I Universe. Yeah, no, yeah. The heck with Atlantis. What the heck was Universe? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I know people say it's an amazing series, but it was one season. Mm-hmm. It might have been a miniseries because, well, it was a miniseries mm-hmm. and a movie. Uh, and a lot of people didn't like the movie because they killed off some characters. Right. People didn't like that. So spoilers, but um, right. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, yeah, don't start it because you're going to be ticked. Yeah, um, I know. But Disney has announced that, or not announced, but reportedly, uh, they are in talks to bring back a reboot of Firefly. What that will look like, we don't know. I don't Who will know. be leading it? We don't know. Don't Who know. are they casting? We don't know. Don't know. I I, mean, I don't I like I, I don't know I, if you can afford Alan Tudyk anymore. <laughs> no. Uh Nathan Fillion's got some more clout now too, so Right. Like like the main actors in this, I don't think you're gonna get them at TV sitcom prices anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> Although but, I mean, it could be like they did say it's going to be a reboot, so they may put new characters in there. Right, it might be a reboot in the same uh, universe. I don't know if the Firefly yeah, community would be. even watch at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you look at where, I think there's going to be a lot of things that might lead people might lead Disney to opening their checkbooks a little bit more. Uh, number one, you need to compete with Apple right now. And, and Apple's landing Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston for one TV show um, uh, with uh, with Good Morning or, what, you know, The Morning Show, whatever that one yeah, is. Yeah, but that's not a guarantee it's going to be good, though. It's not a guarantee it's going to be good, but Apple is opening their checkbooks. Right, yeah. And, they're, they're getting some big star power. Right. And Disney, you have checkbooks. You can open them. Like, like mm-hmm. if, if someone's going to compete, it's probably going to be Disney. I don't even know if it's going to be NBC with their Comcast money. Um, well, I mean, Disney already announced like a giant slew of uh, new Star Wars six series. Star Wars series. Yes. and, and Including uh, Obi-Wan with the return of, uh, of Darth Maul. Ewan McGregor, Darth Maul, and Hayden Christensen. They're all reprising yeah. their roles. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy crap, Ray, yes. Ray Park, I think it's Ray Park was Darth yeah. Maul. Um, but, so, so yeah, they're, you know, Disney's already throwing down, you know, movie-level money for, for Obi-Wan uh, for mm-hmm. that series to come out. Maybe they're willing to throw out, you know, Nathan Fillon and or Nathan Fillon, however you say his name, and Alan Tudyk, however you see, yeah, Fillion, and and Alan Tudyk, however you say his name, uh, and you know, Tudyk's already been in the Star Trek universe or Star Wars universe 
Um, he yeah. was uh, 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 the robot from uh, Rogue One. Yeah, that's that was right. Alan. He that was. was Alan Tudyk, right? And yeah. so, you know, they've already got his number. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see what happens. But uh, I think this could be a really good thing. Um, I don't know. I think I think Alan Tudyk is still kind of a character actor. I haven't seen anything where he is the helm. He's never been the, really... the headliner, but man, he's he, in he's everything. Had a, he... He is in everything, and I like most of the stuff he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hasn't headlined anything that has really taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, K two S O, thank you. Yeah, K two S O, the robot. K two S O, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the droid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the probability of successfully don't tell me the odds. It's high. <laughs> <laughs> Love him as K2SO. He's just snappy. Um, but yeah, uh, Alan Tudyk has been in everything. I I think the first movie I ever saw him in was A Knight's Tale, uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, oh, was he in that? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was one of the squires. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And he was fantastic in that. Um, uh, along with, uh, oh gosh, who's his name? That's uh, also, That's in Solo. He's the bad guy in Solo. Uh, um, he the the other guy played Jeffrey Chaucer, uh, you know, his, historian, writer, etc. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember that. Guy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, though. they were all in that. If you have not watched a Knight's Tale, oh my gosh, it's no, I've watched it, but it's been forever. Right. No, I I was just gonna say to the audience in general, if you've never watched a Knight's Tale, go watch a Knight's Tale because holy crap, um, it's great. And there's a lot of, I mean, Heath Ledger you know, is the star of the show and it's Heath Ledger at his peak. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but man, it, it's just a good, it's just a good ride. Um, uh, Alan Tudyk in death of a funeral is phenomenal. Yeah. I've, I've seen him in yeah. that. Death in um, a funeral is good. I was trying to find, there's another one that I really liked him in, in another movie. Um, he's done so many voice actors too. He's done that too. Oh, gosh. Where you go, Holy crap. That was Alan Tudyk. Right. No, he was in uh, something and something versus oh, yes, something, something versus evil. What was it? Gosh, I can't remember it. I'm looking on IMDb right now. And uh, I can't Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yes, there it is. Tucker yeah. and Dale versus evil. Did you ever watch that one? Uh, I have not seen that one actually. That is an excellent, excellent, excellent yeah. movie. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, Alan Tudyk was Sunny iRobot. Oh, was he, he? He was he was the live actor and voice of Sonny for iRobot. For iRobot, really? Yep. Okay. Um, like I said, he's done a bunch of like live action stuff where you would never imagine he's in the movie because his face isn't in the movie. But right. he was K2SO in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was voices in Wreck-It Ralph. He was in Moana. Um, he was in Dodgeball. He was the pirate. Arr! I remember him being in Dodgeball, yes. Yeah. Uh, Serenity, 28 Days, Zootopia, Big Hero 6. So he's already well on Disney's payroll. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a lot in there already. Right. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, he was in Ice Age. He was the voice of, uh, was he Sid in Ice Age? Gosh, who was, who did he voice in Ice Age? Uh, as Lenny. Lenny. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He wasn't. Yeah, he was in Doom Patrol too. The first season of Doom Patrol. Yeah, 
So like I said, he's Mr. He, Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, he does a lot of voice acting, and it's hard to pick him out and like that was a bad role. No, like they've all been great. He's never headlined, but oh man, he's just great. Um. Anyway, I don't know how we got off on a I love Alan Tudyk fan club there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I know he's like one of those character actors that uh, he does a really good job yep. in everything he's pretty much in. Yep. Ah, Deadpool, the best rom-com ever. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> I told you this was a love story. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know the beer's good when it just evokes vocal responses that are completely... Like, ah. just, ah, mm. Yeah, this hit, one... This hit one, your tongue and just... Mm. This one's very good, too. Paul Bettany? Don't get me started on Paul Bettany, because he's great, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get into Clint Howard. Yeah, Clint uh, Howard. Try the Tranya. <laughs> I don't trust people who don't trust Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into probably the dominant PC and gaming story of the week, which has got to be Cyberpunk. Um, and we'll probably spend the rest of the show on Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not a fan, I'm going to do this completely spoiler free. So don't worry about ruining the story or anything like that if you haven't played it. Um, Let's just talk about the the launch itself, the what my impression is, because I'm about 30 hours into it, um, and I'll just give impressions. I won't, like I said, give any, any of the story away. Um, and also the backlash that has been coming from what a lot of people see as a poor release, what a lot of people see as a good release. Is there a little bit of a hive mind going on? what's going on so uh before i get started i'm gonna let the cat out real quick so oh let rambo go yeah uh let so my rambo go so, so actually if there's anything you can talk about for like another two minutes let me know uh it's gonna take you two minutes to let the cat out my yes. goodness <laughs> that cat is uh really hard to catch well I guess. well I, I had an lttstork.com problem before oh, the show so uh-huh I'm oh, go let, i got you i'm gonna I go let you. the cat out of the office real quick oh gotcha i got gotcha. you he doesn't okay. need out of the office so all right um the show is yours for like two minutes i can i can talk a little bit about cyberpunk i don't i actually did not pick it up yet because i'm waiting for uh the availability for rtx cards to become purchasable so i can get my uh 3080 rtx card and then i'll purchase cyberpunk at that point because i want to experience it at the highest resolution possible that i can muster and the best detail because it looks phenomenal um, I think the biggest part of the news that's coming out is that it's a horrible, horrible console release. Um, it's I, I've watched the Digital Foundry videos about it. Uh, it was um, looked like it was it was smeared in Vaseline. I don't know if anybody else has seen it, uh, but it was <laughs> it was like a slog blurry mess on the ps4 and on the uh, xbox um it was just as bad too i think i think it's running at almost uh 720 i think is what the resolution is running at i think they even mentioned that it looked like a switch port that it was that bad so that's kind of why and it also crashes constantly it's just the the physical demand uh, of this game for last generation consoles is just absolutely horrendous. Um, 
but on the PS5 and the X, uh, the Microsoft X series uh, Xbox, apparently it runs pretty good. Um, it does a solid 60 frames a second on the PS5, and it uh, has some really nice visuals on the Xbox, but it runs, I think, at a, at a more 30 frames per second. So if you want to play it on the console, I would recommend getting an X-Gen system. If you are going to play it on your last-gen system, I would recommend not doing that because it is a garbage, garbage port from what I understand. Which one? Uh, I was just talking about the ports, the different ports. Yeah. yeah. Specifically the console ones, playing it on the I PS4 and the last-gen Xbox. There we go. Yeah. It's a, a horrible slog of a mess. Yes, that's what runs better runs better on the next generation ones. I mean, it's still the same. They're using backwards compatibility to make it work. But just with the increased horsepower of the newer consoles, they run a lot better. Yes. With less problems. So just to let everyone know, the cat is very relieved to be out of the room. So there we go. <laughs> Anyway. We all want to know what the cat's feelings are. Yes, yes. Just just in case you you had uh, questions about you know what Rambo was going through, he's very relieved to be out of the room now. Um, anyway, uh, so getting into cyberpunk, I don't know how much you already covered, but I just talked about the different ports. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, I'm about thirty hours into it. Um, I'm on a twenty seventy super and a ten eight fifty k. That's that's the PC I'm on right now, and this is also my gaming rig. Um, at ultra settings, oh boy, does it struggle. Like, like dips into the teens struggle. Um, and you're running at what resolution? Uh, 1440. Okay, 1440. Okay. 1440, ultra settings, ray tracing on. Um, mm -hmm. Even with DLSS at ultra settings, oh boy, does it struggle. Yeah. Um, however, what I found is most of the problem comes in the shadow rendering. Um, so I don't know what they're trying to do with shadows that are taking all the resources because ray tracing should be doing that in and of itself. In itself, yeah. But it's not. Uh, by reducing the shadow resolution to like medium or even low, the game runs at like 75 locked. Like, mm. it's a great experience at 1440p. Um... And uh, like I said, that's on a 2070 Super. Now, that's obviously a fairly expensive graphics card. Not a lot of people have that kind of power. But I'm I'm getting great results. Um, I have not had the game crash on me once. Never once. Never to the desktop. I did get a crash error one time when I quit the game. Uh, where I saved my game, exit to menu, quit. And then once the window closed, it said Cyberpunk 2077 has flatlined. And I... Oh, okay. I started the game back but up. But you were exiting file anyways. was there. Like, that's yeah. the only... Uh, uh, I, I've had one crash other than that. And yeah. and I had an autosave two minutes earlier. So it's like, Whatever. Yeah. Right. Who cares? I have to walk another two blocks. Oh, no. Mm. Um, but it has been fantastic um, as far as performance goes, as far as immersion and everything else. Yeah. Is it yeah. buggy? Yes. It's an open world, massive game with yeah. with thousands of scripts operating at a time, you know, uh, pedestrians and NPCs that have to do various things, objects yes. that have to be in various places. Um, I have had some bugs where cigarettes would get stuck in midair. So a, 
um, one of the first ones that I noticed was uh, someone that I was talking to was smoking a cigarette. And uh, and they're they're waving the cigarette around and they're talking and then they come kind of come back to their neutral waiting position and the cigarette is kind of smoking right there. And then they're going off and they're talking again and the smoke is still coming from right here. <laughs> so the smoke didn't follow the cigarette. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I saw that one. I saw another one where I was having a conversation and a cigarette got stuck in midair. So there's like this little stick just like in between us. <laughs> they um, probably have one guy dedicated to just making sure cigarettes right. are animated correctly. And so there's been bugs <laughs> like that. There, there's yeah. been a couple of missing animations or a couple of, of issues of uh, NPCs that I'm working with that are doing pre-scripted mm-hmm. animations. Um, right like walking into an elevator. They'll walk into the elevator before the door opens, then the door opens and they're still standing there. It's like, okay, like that happens. Yeah. It happens. It happens all the time. Um, You know, GTA 5 is not, well, GTA 5 is the gold standard for an open world game coming out and being fully playable. Um, Right. And having really no bugs to speak of that are like game breaking or animation breaking bugs. There's some- there's some, but I mean, to be fair, by the time it came to PC and by the time I played it, it was already three years old. It was three years old. Yeah. <laughs> right. It went through the previous generation consoles and the next generation right. consoles. And then it came out for PC. Right. It, it was already ironed. Um, it was already, they had already ironed out all those bugs already. Right. So, and, yeah. and I've played a lot of release day games in my time. Uh, and no open world game on release day or oh, yeah. release month are fully polished. They're of not. Course. There's going to be yeah. bugs, um, because oh, heck, you can... Skyrim still has bugs, and it's like what eight right. years old now, seven right. years old now. We forgive all of Skyrim's issues, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of my point. Is some of the clips that I've seen online are funny. They're very yeah. funny. They're yeah. pedestrians walking walking across the street with no animation they're just like gliding yeah um there's there's another one that's hilarious where the pedestrian scripting is broken and so there's like a group of like six or seven pedestrians where they're walking across a crosswalk and then they stop Mm. and they walk back the other direction and so they're back and forth and so they're just walking back and forth between those two points and Uh he follows them for like six minutes or something like that just like walking all around them and doing different thing bumping into them and and whatnot and then he fires his gun up in the air and they're supposed to run and cower and like two of them run out of the crosswalk. The other four stay in the crosswalk and run and cower <laughs> back, and the, forth, yeah. back and forth <laughs> in the crosswalk. So they're, now they're just crossing the street faster. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, there's bugs. And, yeah. and there's, number one, I haven't hit anything story breaking. Number two, I haven't had anything. There's been a couple of like immersion breaking where it's like, oh, now I'm watching something that's a little bit glitchy. Cool. Right. Um, I've had... Uh, the, the mouth animations fail to load a couple of times for different characters. Yes, I've seen that before. Where I'm having a conversation too. and all of a sudden one line is not animated. Or I've had one character that just stopped animating their voice until I reloaded the save file. Um, and so, but that happens. And, yeah. and to me, those aren't big deals. No. They're not big deals at all. In, in some cases, though, it's also something that makes the game almost a little endearing. That's what... Mm-hmm kind of happened to Skyrim because there was a lot of I would say game breaking bugs. Oh god, go but back to like Oblivion a, or Morrowind and yeah, talk about the people the like, glitches you know, and bugs. They would get hit and they start go flying across the screen. It was funny. Right. It made for some viral videos and it made some for some good, you know, bug glitchy compilations and stuff for a particular mm-hmm. game. As long as it doesn't impede progress into the story, 
it's i think i think most people as long as the game is good it's got a good storyline and it's mm-hmm. fun to play people tend to forgive that type of thing yeah right and uh and to me this is one of the most beautiful open world games i have ever seen um most beautiful games in general um like not talking about like the glitches because you see them they're yeah. there they're not in my play experience all that prevalent you see them and you just kind of get used to them there's a couple of them there but in general this is probably the first game that i will stand here and say this game needs rtx on it absolutely does um and not for the reasons that they've been trying to tout rtx but because rtx feels so natural in the world and it feels really weird without it um, it makes it feel like more of an immersion it is so much more immersive especially the way they did reflections where yeah. the the thing is people who have been trying to do like rtx on rtx off is just everything becomes a mirror surface and so right. everything is reflective now like the brick wall I'm looking at is showing my reflection. That's not how brick yeah. works. No, that's no. not how water flowing down brick works. No, I don't know if you've not. ever seen bricks in real life, but that's yeah. not what they look like. <laughs> bricks are matte. Even if you put like water over it, they don't right. become a nice sheen right. over the top of now, it. Now, the ground can certainly be varying levels of reflectivity from mm-hmm. not quite mirror to definitely not reflecting yeah, at all or just reflecting of water like, on the ground. Yeah. Right. Um, the reflections on the ground are breathtaking in cyberpunk especially when it's raining out um and uh and the way the it handles the light the way it handles the shadows and the reflections off objects that are supposed to be reflective and the objects that are not supposed to be reflective it's great the the lighting in cyberpunk and and the overall immersion of that graphical fidelity i've never seen before and it's something that if RTX was not on, and I did play it for a couple hours with RTX off just to go like, what's it like performance-wise? Oh, I can't right. go back. No, I'll take the performance hit because yeah. RTX, this Does game make deserves a yeah. RTX. That's that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of waiting for um, the availability of the more 3000 series cards to come out before I pick it up right. and play it. Um, because I kind of want that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's it's touted as being very immersive and very detailed, and I want that high fidelity uh, playability <laughs> on that thing. Right, and it doesn't matter. I got a huge. What's funny is I didn't even realize through. I just memed that with breathtaking. But no, the lighting effects and, <laughs> and overall beauty of the city is is breathtaking. Yeah. Um, so thank you, SPX. You're breathtaking. No, you're breathtaking. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, uh, I. Th- Onto the console ports. Let's talk about PS4, Xbox One. Yeah. This game should have never been out on that. Or no. at the very least, no. the most recent graphical build of this game should have never been released on, cur- yes. on, on current gen consoles. Right. Never. Um, yeah, it, sh- it should have been skipped. It honestly shouldn't should have been. So, I, I, I know what they're doing. They're, they're trying to do... The Rockstar thing, whether it was GTA Five, where they 5. did the double with the double dip, right, and and pushing the graphical fidelity of what the the last gen consoles can do. Remember, right. GTA Five came out on the Xbox 360. Yes, yes, and, and the PS3. Holy crap, did it look was good? It? I I never played it on that, but I, uh, I I I never played it on the Xbox One, but I did my first full playthrough on the Xbox 360, and then later on played it on PC. And playing it on PC was a whole new game because it yes. was that much better looking. Right. But 
it still played very well on the 360, which was honestly pretty shocking. Um, but I've I've never missed a, a GTA 5 release on a console, and it felt weird to not buy it on on a console on a console. And so I I bought it day one. Um, uh, but yeah, this game in the state that it's in should have never been released on PS4 or Xbox yeah. One. I will and say that CD Projekt Red probably should have reevaluated how they were going to release it on the Xbox One and PS4. Because I'm not saying it's not playable, and I'm not saying what they're trying to achieve isn't doable. What I'm saying is they needed to tone it down. They needed to make sure that things loaded properly, that, that missions were playable, that the graphical glitches that exist of characters never fully rendering are not there because those yeah. are definitely problems. The, those that was the main rumor uh, that was out there when they first announced the delay. Mm -hmm. That they're like, okay, they're trying to get it prepped for consoles. Right. They're having problems porting it to consoles, and that seems accurate uh, given the state that the console port is in now. Right. And I think what the thing was is that uh, uh, Rockstar when they did GTA Five. I think from the ground up, they started working with the hardware that was in uh, the current console system mm -hmm. to make the game work with it. And then afterwards, they ported it to PC, much to the chagrin of, of PC players. Right. But in the end, they did get PC players, did get a much superior product and a very solid product. Yeah. Uh, CD Projekt Red, I think this game was very first and foremost a pc game cd project red they, is a pc developer they're, they're a pc game developer right. they've always been a pc game developer and so that's what they started out as and they're like okay once we have a good pc product then we'll port it down to the consoles i think taking the power that the pc has and then shrinking it down to a console system and making that work was their folly i think that's the folly that's happening right now if they waited until next year, till the next gen systems were more prevalent, probably would not have as much of a problem, right. but they wouldn't have been able to do the double dip yep. like, like uh, Rockstar did. And that's, that's an awfully tempting thing to do. If you could, if you can bridge the gap between two different generations and then like yep. get everybody to buy this version and then say, oh, well, here's the much better version for the next generation. And then people will buy that because they love the game so much. Yeah. That's that's a that's a pretty big uh, ideal way of, of releasing a big big AAA release. Yeah. Um. So one of my favorite ones, uh, memes that I've seen over the last week was uh, uh, console players furious about Cyberpunk 2077 being a terrible port. Port. Oh yes. And, I know. <laughs> and uh and and the guy with the noose around his neck going first time has like oh, yeah. GTA 4 and Bat Batman Arkham Knight and you know all the other games yes. that it's like. These can't even run on modern PCs because the port was so terrible. Uh, you know, I, I actually went back um, to a lot of the infamous bad ports, mm -hmm. and they're actually very playable now. Right. Like Arkham, Arkham Knight, very playable. Arkham now. Knight's playable uh, now, but yes, they released no, it on PC then, yes, it and then horrible. had to actually stop the, yes. the sale of it yes, and retract yes. the sales and then re-engineer it and then re-release it. And now it's playable. Um, it's, and, it's even more than playable. I think it's probably one of my favorite uh, right. Arkham Arkham games, actually, because it was they had perfected um, the gameplay and the and the, how smooth it was in the battle. 
Yeah, probably my favorite one. GTA 4 is probably the worst release Rockstar has ever put on the PC. Um, yes, it was so janky. Um, oh yeah, like like there there are aspects of that game where they upscaled some of the textures, but definitely not all of not them. Not all of the textures. Yes, um, and so there are things that just look so completely out of place because. They're not. They're not rendered properly. They're not. They don't have the right number of polygons. You a, so. Yeah, you have a high res texture right next to a low res texture, right. and you're like, what? Right. Yeah. You have a couple of characters who who are just stranger missions, and it's like, okay, you look like you're straight out of San Andreas. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, have you seen? Okay, so there were some pictures that I saw from a character renders of Cyberpunk uh, mm-hmm. uh, 2077 on the PS4. Yeah where the characters look like something out of the low low uh, low poly uh, gamer guy What's low, that? low spec gamer low spec low spec he gamer, actually yeah. did a video on cyberpunk I did, today i started watching I did it watch but i ran that. out of time i so. did watch it uh it, <laughs> it was kind of funny because what he had found out was like one of the ways to optimize it was to remove the hair mm-hmm. so everybody in the game was bald oh that's another that that's another thing about this game the hair uh-huh. like like there was promises of like uh nvidia hair works and whatnot right. for like yeah. witcher and, and 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 a couple yeah. other games the hair in this game holy crap it is beautiful yeah um every single character that you come across and especially your a actors uh your uh your judy your uh, Takamura, you're, you you have a bunch of 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 non-player characters that are recurring characters and they're a characters, and so yeah. you see them in very fine detail, very close up. Yeah, the hair is they deserve a, a freaking Emmy for for their hair. Yeah, like it's yeah. Hats very off good. to whoever designed the hair. It's it's awesome. It looks natural. It's not like. Like when this character's standing still or in photo mode, it's good. Yeah. But when they're moving, it's like moving in like three sections. No, it's oh, like okay. it's it's naturally moving. There's some and feel actual and, like real yeah. life hair. Yeah. Right. It looks like real hair. That makes sense. That disabling it for low spec gamer would oh, make God. sense. Yes. Like, like <laughs> so, I I, do, I don't imagine where most of my CPU utilization is going. I know it's going to the hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it's worth it. <laughs> the hair. I know the hair processor. There's yeah. a whole there's a whole processor dedicated to just rendering hair. Yeah. Uh SPX, I have not seen that Reddit post. Uh I'll probably look for it, but I know you know how to DM me, so send me a link to that and I'd be more than happy to take a look. Uh because that does sound interesting. Um I'm always uh, dubious the- of people that say, I found an error in the code and I fixed it. Um, he says there's a Reddit post that's going around that mm-hmm. uh, someone discovered the PC config file for Cyberpunk may have been improperly programmed, which I always take that as a, I found a way to run it faster, but it also breaks seven other features. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> it's see there's... It's usually the translated uh, version of that, but there, there's I'm definitely also, interested um, in taking a look. Yeah, there's also a uh, uh, Digital Foundry video out there about optimizing the PC settings. Mm-hmm. Because they've gone through in each one, and they're like, okay, this one doesn't really take a hit, so go ahead and put that on high. Right. This one where it's like the high does give you a big FPS hit, but the difference between high and medium and low is like mm-hmm. negligible, so you might as well just put it on this, yep. and it'll give you a frame. And so that was a that was a. I mean, I don't have the game yet, but you know, if you're if you're looking for ways to optimize it, maybe watching that video might help. Because mm-hmm. um, they really go into detail about what works and what doesn't. So yeah, um, 
like I said, the, the thing that I found helped the most on the PC was for uh, just reducing the shadows a little bit. Yeah. Like most yeah. of my shadow settings are at medium and I think I have shadow resolution at low because the shadows already look great. And mm -hmm. even at low, they still look fantastic. But yeah. I, but that's the one setting that I found that if I just turn a couple of those down, I go from like drops to the teens to drop to like 65. Right. And I can handle 65. <laughs> yeah, no, 65 is great. Yeah. Especially at 1440p. That That's really good. Love the fact that body parts clip through clothes in Cyberpunk. And and again, you can't possibly try every single combination of clothing on every single model that's out oh, there, yeah. let alone every customization that's out yeah. there. Um, and so things like that happen. Have you played Morrowind? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm waiting for this because like, mm -hmm. By the time I probably get it, it will be heavily patched and probably in a much better state. Right. But not that I've heard, because I've, I've I've talked to several people that I know, friends of mine, not just you, mm -hmm. uh, that own it and have played it, and they've, they've said the same thing. It's mm -hmm. like, there's no game-breaking bug that I'm coming across. Yes, I've seen some odd glitches and stuff like that, right. minor things that everybody's seen in every single open-world game. Yeah. Um, so... You know, it's as long as it's not like I can't get past this thing or mm -hmm. my game save gets corrupted every like other mission or right. something like that. Um, nothing like that. No, right. no huge game breaking bugs, just small glitches. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I'm I'm seeing here. I'm not on the consoles, I understand the outrage. Yes. But, yes. but I've, let's seen, I've seen on the consoles, yes. But let's separate the PC experience and you have enough relevant hardware to power this game which mm -hmm. this game really does require some of the more high-end cards yes i think unless you have maybe a 1070 or higher yeah you're probably going to experience pretty drastic performance issues and pretty drastic graphical losses for the settings that you have yeah. to run out to get this game playable now i'm kind of curious to see can this game be playable on a gtx 1650 or a 1050 ti or or something mm -hmm. like that like I want to try that. Um, I don't know Some if I'll budget, make a, budget cards. Yeah. I don't know if I'll make a video of it because I'm a week late at this point, and right. you know, Lost Bet Gamers already put his thing out, and all I'm going to do yeah. if I get a video of can this game be played on a 1650 is have you tried Lost Bet Gamers method because he removed the hair. And yeah, got yeah. Like 130 no, frames per second. Yeah, he's got his own thing going on. You I'm not Lost Bet Gamer. Yeah, I want to know yeah. if it's played. He he had to use mod tools to get to that point. He has to right. use mod tools for most of his things. It's right. not the the low spec gamer settings is not something you just dive into the game and set it to right he has to mod it to get to that point yep um, um so yeah uh and spx puts it perfectly game breaking bugs are the real problem regular bugs no problem and what yes. i'm seeing in my gameplay is 100 percent regular bugs and even what i was saying before like even like these glitchy glitchy bug things almost endearing enough to gain popularity because somebody will put out a compilation of funny bugs that this game did. And then it becomes funny at that point and then people want to play it. So Because like, I, I want to experience these things too. So so I did have a bug that I had to look up and, and found out that it was indeed a bug and that made me feel a lot better. Um, so minor spoiler, there's a piece of hardware in your brain that is doing funny things to your brain. Okay? It's... Uh, it's causing problems with you. And every once in a while, you'll have random problems where you'll all of a sudden you'll glitch and you'll start coughing and like, oh my God, what, like, like I feel like I'm going to die kind of thing. And your vision goes all like a little bit of static, just kind of like fading through your vision. And like, 
intentional tearing in, in your vision and things like that. And uh, it's done for effect, and it's usually like a 15-second effect where it's like, oh, you're having a problem all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. no, no. Like I'm having a hard time walking up these stairs. And then yeah. it gets to like, like a minor anxiety attack. And then you get reach the top of the stairs, and you're like, okay, I'm fine. And everything goes back to normal, and you continue with your game. Okay? So that's kind of the, the gist that they're going for there. Um, that effect got stuck on my system. And I, played the, and I played the game with that glitch for three hours. <laughs> You're like, is this supposed to happen? And, and, and I could kind of play through it. But at one point I'm like, this has got to stop because number one, I'm getting a headache. Number two, I don't know if this is normal. It could be normal because it's certainly adding to the aesthetic yeah. of the game, but I don't know if it's supposed to be normal. And so I looked it up <laughs> and they said, no, no, no. It's only supposed to last 15 seconds. Reload your save file. And so I reloaded the save and it went away and I went, oh, thank God. <laughs> but I played with it for three hours like that. <laughs> well, you would think that if that happened, three hours like, okay, without can, a crash. <laughs> you would you would think that it would be like, okay, if that was, was there, you would be some mechanism in the game where I can go get repaired and it would take care of it, right? Right, and and you, you, and it is a thing that is a, a vi you know an actual plot line in the game where you have yeah. this thing that's short circuiting in your brain, and it started in a sequence that is familiar with the short circuit, mm -hmm. and so I'm going, well, maybe this is just me from now on. I mean, this is a major problem with me. Maybe this is just how I have to live for the next <laughs> twelve hours. <laughs> like that was the pre the prevalent thought not this is a bug i need to fix this yeah no i get that it's like oh my god this game's annoying i think they yep. really thought this was a good idea i don't know <laughs> yeah so but i no i i seriously played for three hours going well maybe this was a design choice <laughs> it seems weird but okay so again, it was a bug yeah. It didn't break the game. It only no. started ticking me off after two hours, and I finally Googled it after three. But again, the only reason <laughs> it took me that long to Google it was because the game didn't crash and was playing perfectly well hey, otherwise. you know what? You're like, that for the first two hours, you're like, man, this immersion is great, man. My, right. my, my optics are still glitching out. They really dedicated right? all this. <laughs> and they're right. like, well, wait a second. After the third hour, I was like, there's no way of getting rid of this glitch. Right. This is, right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it 80 hours in gameplay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If this is a persistent thing. Yeah. Right. So turns out it wasn't. Turns out I just needed to reload my save file and off I went. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, yes, there's bugs. Yeah. I think there's a very, very vocal section of the population who are very justified in their outrage with CD Projekt Red right I, now. I, I think I think with the console ports and stuff like that, yes. Um, yes. I don't know if it's going to get to the... Well, they, they've already said that they're offering refunds and stuff mm -hmm. like that through Sony, if you feel slighted by it. Yep. Uh, I, I, and if I recall, uh, the Witcher 3 console releases were not as buggy, but did have a lot of performance problems. Yes, they did. That, because that they remember, did. Witcher 3 is synonymous with NVIDIA hair effects. Yes. Because they integrated that to make the hair look good, yes. and consoles don't have that. Don't have that. And, and so, so there were major performance issues because they didn't take the hair tech out. It was very out. janky. And so all of a sudden, we have eight CPUs! And yeah, and they're all right. making sure that the Witcher's hair is all kind of wavy. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but but the, the CD Projekt Red, to their, uh, you know, to their credit, they streamlined that enough to be able to even make a Witcher 3 switch port. So it ran on the right. switch. So um, they worked on it and, right. and it eventually got better. 
and I still think that this will eventually get better for next gen consoles mm-hmm. or last gen consoles, I say. But um, it it's probably gonna take a while. It it really 